Chapter 3, Look Below the Surface. We turn onto our street and Miguel hands me his grammar homework. He finishes it in class so I can look it over in the evenings. I don't think that's cheating, do you? I just check it and if it's wrong, he fixes it. We have grammar homework every night this year and in my opinion, that's overkill. Last year, third grade, we only had grammar homework once a week, but Miguel is getting better with English this year, so maybe practice does make perfect. Don't be late for soccer, he says. I'll hurry, I say, for the second time. What's the first thing you do when you get home from school? Yep, me too. Just walking in the door makes me hungry. But first things first, I tell Hirasal, be brave while I clean her up. I do my impressions of cartoon characters to make her laugh. If we ever meet, I'll show you, and you'll laugh too. I get the rags super wet and sudsy the way my mom does, so Hirasal only whimpers a little when I do her knees. Maybe I'll be an EMT comedian someday. I rustle up some snacks and turn on the TV. Hidasal curls up next to me and goes to sleep. I'm thinking about Franklin. Here's what I think. Franklin will die if I leave him in Hidasal's backpack. And Franklin will die if my dad sees him. Remember, one of my dad's jobs? Well, you should know. He's paid by the carcass. Adios, Franklin. I could put him in a box, but if he gets out, my mom might die of fright. And even though Hidasal stole Franklin, we all know yours truly will be blamed. I'm a dead man. I could walk Franklin back to school right now. This is a bad idea for three reasons. First, my dad might come home and find me gone just when he's ready for an amazing haul. Second, it's too early for Mrs. Arona in the duplex next door to be home to watch Hidasal, and she's too little to be left alone. And third, with my luck, Principal Smalley would be up on the third floor spying or sneaking on me around the first floor with Franklin. Then I have to brainstorm. I grab the Oya from under the counter. It's a big pot we use for tamales, but not very often. I put a little dish of water in the pot. Hidasol is still asleep, so I sneak outside and spoon some dirt into the pot, thinking Franklin might like it. Some bugs happen to be mixed in with the dirt. Then I throw in some handfuls of grass, introduce Franklin to his new home, and put the Oya back under the counter. With the heavy lid on tight, no way can Franklin escape from my ingenious solution. I hear my dad's truck, so that's good. I might make it back in time for soccer. I really hate missing soccer practice. Once inside, my dad thumps me on the back. How was school, he asks. Keep out of trouble? Yep, I say. How's treasure hunting? Good, maybe 10. That's not good for me getting to soccer, but it is good for money. 10 means 10 places that might still have scrap metal. If no one beats us there, because of my dad's back, he has to wait for me to help him lift the stuff up into the truck. He used to wait for my Uncle Pablo, but by the time his work ended, everything was picked clean. I feel bad leaving when Hidasal is asleep, but Mrs. Arona is home now to keep an eye on her, so we head out. We stop a few blocks away where we find an old iron metal bed. We get ready to lift the headboard into the back of the truck, and I stick my head through the bars of the bed and say, Let me out! Let me out! I'm pretending to be in jail. I crack myself up. My dad gives me a quick smile, but he doesn't laugh. I suddenly realize maybe he thinks I don't like working with him, as if working with him is the same as being in jail. I lay the headboard down, and instead of clowning around, I bust my butt muscling stuff into the truck. Three more stops for more metal stuff. 
the weight bench and weights, car parts at my dad's friend's garage, and some gutters. We pass on the refrigerator. Next year, when you grow up, my dad says, and I could probably lift it now, but I hate to show off. We drive past five and six places because nothing is left. Somebody beat us to it. Less work for me, but it makes dad grumble under his breath. By the time we finish and head to the dealer, the truck is pretty full, including the cans my dad collected during the week. We pull into Crusher Incorporated with 30 minutes until soccer and three trucks in front of us. If you've never been to a scrap metal yard, you've never lived. Piles of dead, twisted metal carcasses surround the drive like an iron jungle. A huge, hungry crane with a giant magnet swoops around, plucking pieces of metal as if picking flowers. The oily smell sort of burns your nose, and even if you try to stay clean, the dirt just jumps on you. When it's our turn, we drive up onto a giant flat metal bed that's really a scale. It's the same drill every time. Get out, grab the cans, go wait in the little room, give the cans to the lady. The lady behind the desk writes down the price for the cans and prints off the truck's weight. Some days we have a radiator or an air conditioner in the back of the truck. Those are in a different price category. Those are good treasures. Today it's just regular stuff. My dad signs for it. We get back in the truck and drive off the scale and down whichever path the worker waves us to. On a lucky day, the workers help us unload, throwing the heavy metal stuff onto the metal mountains as if they're flicking feathers. But today is unlucky. Somehow I knew it would be. The workers are helping other luckier dads, so we grunt and sweat and pull the stuff out and lay it beside the big mountains. Then we drive the truck back onto the scale and go back to the little room. The lady weighs the empty truck, and then she does subtraction. Here's the problem for you. The full truck weighed 6,597 pounds, and the empty truck weighs 6,520 pounds. What's the difference? Well, that number is the pounds of metal we get paid for, and every pound is worth 50 cents. While you figure that out, I'll tell you a story. One time, when we were waiting in the little room, a couple of boys came in the office with two bikes. The lady didn't even make them weigh the bikes. She gave them $8.75. They threw the bikes on the mountain, and later, when we drove down the street to go home, I saw those two boys sitting at the curb eating McDonald's hamburgers. I felt sad for a minute, thinking that they traded their bikes for hamburgers. Then I wondered if they stole the bikes, and I felt sad for the real owners, too. My dad touched my arm and pointed behind the boys. Guess what I saw? Yep, the bikes. So it goes to show you, always look below the surface. Also, before you feel sorry for somebody, make sure they are not a cheater. Today, me and my dad get $23.10 for the cans in the cash and a check for the lady for $38.50. Is that the answer you got? See, I knew you were smart. She gives me a peppermint like that will sweeten up the place and we head home. I don't bother putting on my shin guards or shoes because once the game has started, the refs won't let me in late. I'm glad my dad doesn't say anything stupid like, it's just a game, Sandro. He's a big soccer fan. It's not his fault half the games are on the same day people put out their garbage for the next day's pickup. I'm disappointed, of course, but I set day cool so my dad doesn't notice. The only thing is, the team needs me. We're undefeated and we have five more games in the regular season. If we win at least three, we go to the playoffs. And if we win the playoffs, we go to the championship. Oh, yeah. 
I hope the team wins today, but I also hope they don't start somebody else and leave me on the bench for the next game. And you know, I live and breathe soccer. It will kill me if that happens. Every day at recess, we kick the ball around. Just us guys. Soccer is a game for guys, don't you think? No offense, but I think girls should stick to jump rope and gymnastic stuff they can do well. At home, I smell dinner, so that's good because I'm hungry and dirty and have homework. Sandro, what happened to Hirasol? My mom asks. I tell her and she shakes her head. But how? Was she running? Did she trip over something? I think back. No, I say. She was walking and fell down, I guess. Maybe she got dizzy. And my mom shakes her head again. That worried shake, the way your mom probably does too, like shaking the eight ball under the answer, and then it comes into view and clears everything up. I don't think too much about it because Hittasol is five and just barely passed a baby in my book. Babies fall all the time, don't they? I work on some homework and then eat dinner, or should I say devour dinner? It's a good thing mom loves to cook, isn't it? I know some families don't eat dinner together, but we do, and I'm glad. My mind is bouncing around while I'm chewing. Every once in a while, I answer my mom's questions about school, but mostly I bounce around in my head between which month to draw for the contest and how to get Franklin back to school. Here's my thinking. November. I would have to draw people for Thanksgiving, and people are hard to draw. Franklin, leave him outside on the step. No, it might be too cold. January. It snows in January, and drawing white snow on paper doesn't sound too appealing. Franklin, I could bring him back to school tomorrow if my backpack has room, but what if he poops or pees while he's in there? Ugh. I'm starting to think about drawing February and asking Miguel to return Franklin for me when we hear a noise in the kitchen and my mom yells out, Hittasol, what are you doing in there? Did I mention that Hittasol didn't eat with us because she had a fever? I might have skipped telling you that because I was preoccupied with eating. Anyway, Hittasol doesn't answer, so we all go back to eating. A big forkful of chicken is heading into my mouth when I hear the noise again. It sounds like Hittasol is getting a plate out of the cupboard. It sounds like Hittasol is scraping spoons across the bottom of a metal bowl. It sounds like Hittasol is washing a pan with a scrub brush. It sounds like, oh, and then I know what it sounds like. It sounds like Franklin is escaping from his temporary home in the Oya. I shoot out of my seat. I'll go see, I yell. Sandro, my mom shrieks, and I see the table reverberate, glasses wobbling. Whoops, my bad. But I'm in the kitchen before anyone else, and just in time to see our friend waddle out the other door. The cupboard door is open, and the lid of the Oya is on the floor. How in the world? Franklin must be an escape artist. I should have duct taped the lid on. Holy guacamole, what should I do now? Two choices, clean up the floor or follow Franklin. Sandro, I hear my mom's voice and I know she is at the kitchen door. What is this mess? Sorry for school, a project. Here's another little bit of advice. If you make a weird mess, always say it's for a school project. Parents love school projects. I'm scooping up the dirt and rinsing out the pan when my mom says, what project? I'm thinking fast now. Oh, you know, making homes out of stuff. I know there's a word, a big word that will impress her. We learned it last year. It's the word for the places animals live. Habitat, that's it. I'm making a habitat. 
Mothers love to help out. So I know my mom will totally bite on this. And sure enough, she goes back into the living room. Poppy, do you have something Sandro can use for his project? See, I knew it. But where exactly is my other project? The one with the beady eyes. I walk down the hall and into Hirasal's bedroom just in time to see a tail disappear under her bed. I'm just about to reach under to grab it when I take a look at Hirasal. Mom, mom, I yell. And not just a regular yell, a panic yell, the kind of yell mom runs for, the kind of yell you would yell if you saw your sister with a bloody nose and red blotches all over her face.